0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of confronting in love. You may know people who say they're Christian,
1: but they're not lined up with the scripture. Should you just turn your back and say, well, you know, it's none of my business? And I, 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 no, 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 it is your business. If you know, then you need to pray that God will give you wisdom and show you. But you already know what you have to do. You don't have to pray about doing it. What you have to pray is about when and how. Okay?
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. You know the parent's proverbial line when disciplining children with corporal punishment, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it does me. Likewise, when one Christian is put in a position to have to confront another over some offense, it too can often be an uncomfortable situation, to say the least. But from today's study of 2 Thessalonians, Pastor Xavier explains that we are, in fact, commanded in Scripture to admonish disorderly behavior among believers.
1: 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul now turns to some practical advice regarding disorderly saints, which may appear to be harsh and unloving at first, but if it isn't executed... Then that's really unloving. In fact, discipline is the most loving thing that you can do to someone who's out of order. Paul has prepared the way for church discipline of those who are being idle, not working, and being busybodies, sticking their nose in everybody's business. In fact, in chapter three, verse four, he has expressed his confidence in the Lord concerning their obedience. To the things that he would command. In verse 5 of chapter 3 he has prayed that their obedience to what he has commanded to be done in God's agape love. And after the patience of Christ. So we're not only to obey but we're to obey in such a way that we represent the action as coming from Christ. As he has exemplified through his life. The entire section here centers on those individuals who had refused to work for living. And they were living off other individuals and meddling in other people's affairs. From verse 6 all the way down to 15. Paul has already informed in his first letter about these individuals. In chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, in verse 11, he says that you also... Aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your own hands as we commanded you. So these individuals were already a point of interest. They were standing out. In chapter 5, verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians, he says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. So there, He equally recognizes that there are some legitimate needs. So Paul is aware of those who are taking advantage, being disobedient. And Paul recognizes there are those who really need help. And that's legitimate. And so there's always a balance. And anytime there's extreme teaching one way or the other, regardless whether it's spiritual or in the world, whatever it is, any correction usually is an overcorrection to the other extreme. So we have to be careful. And so he deals with a specific case, but he also reminds them of the legitimate need. For the sake of our study, I have divided this chapter in the following way. The apostolic proclamation regarding discipline is in verse 6, 14, and 15, because it focuses on that. Then verse 7 through 10, you have the apostolic example regarding the work ethic and the apostle puts himself and the others as a primary example to them. Then in verse 11 through 13, we have the apostolic directive regarding the abusive and the faithful. And then he finishes off with the apostolic benediction regarding the Thessalonians verse 16 through 18. It's a fitting close for the for the letter. Now, what we want to do is look at Paul's apostolic proclamation regarding church discipline at Thessalonica. Which is characterized by three things. So this is not an exhaustive or an orderly way to do things. He's dealing with a very specific case here. And we will fit the other biblical perspective as we move along. Let me read verse 6, 14, and 15. But we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the traditions which you receive from us. Verse 14. And if anyone does not obey our words... In this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet, do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. This apostolic proclamation regarding church discipline is characterized by three things. First, notice the authority for church discipline, the first portion of verse 6. The authority for church discipline, that's foundational. Secondly, the authorized action for church discipline. Is the remainder of verse 6. And then he finishes off. In verses 14 and 15. With the authorized follow up. For church discipline. Because not everybody. Obeys the first or second time. Very important. Let's begin here. With the authority for church discipline. This is the foundation. This is important. You must begin here. The authority was through. The apostolic channel. But we command you. The ones giving the command are apostles, we. Paul has already declared Silas, Timothy, and himself to be apostles in the first letter, chapter 2, verse 6. Now notice the apostles were many by the time that Paul was writing this letter. This is years after the resurrection. There were, of course, you know, the 12 apostles that Jesus chose through an entire night in prayer in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 16. There were also the 70 that were sent out in Luke 10.1 by Jesus. But there were other apostles besides the 12 and the 70. Matthias was chosen by God to take Judas Iscariot's place in Acts one twenty six. Barnabas is called an apostle in Acts 14.14. 14. And many others are called Apostles. So you have the 70, the 12, unique from all others, and you have apostles after the resurrection. The word apostle simply means those sent out as ambassadors of Christ. And of course there was Paul, who the Lord chose for a very specific purpose. Even as he told Ananias in Acts 9.15 Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine To bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel In fact, Paul called himself the Apostles to the Gentiles in Romans 11.13 Now notice the command was to their brethren The word command means to charge To announce or transmit a message along from one to another the word refers to military orders that are being passed on to them. The moment a person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they are under the orders of their Heavenly Father, for they are born into warfare. The minute you're born again, the word command is used, verse 4, verse 6, verse 10, verse 12. This whole section deals with confrontation and discipline. That's war. That's spiritual warfare. Because you know why? Because no one likes to be confronted. And you know what? People don't like to confront. It's not comfortable. The Thessalonians and the apostles were bound together in the army of God by virtue of being in the family of God under the same commands of their Heavenly Father. This word, ladies and gentlemen, applies to all of us here this morning. Everybody is under the authority of the word of God No one is beyond it or above it The apostles were handing down orders that were handed to them by the captain of their salvation That meant that they were under the same orders Paul always equated himself as being one of them Like them His servant Always That meant that they were first to be doers of what they were telling somebody else to do Because if they weren't being doers themselves, then they'd be hypocrites, wouldn't they? That meant that they were representatives of the person of Jesus. Now notice, secondly, the authority was divine in nature and origin. Though it was channeled through apostolic authority, the authority was divine in nature and in origin. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The phrase in the name identifies a person who has the authority to command whatever is being commanded. Whenever somebody would tell us something at work And somebody would say, listen, you need to go around these You would say, well, who gave, who told you that? Who, who gave the orders? You're, you're implying that you want to know who the authority behind that command is Because they may not be over your department Okay Notice the original orders came from the God-man then Though they were coming through man The apostles The original was through the God-man Jesus had bought the Thessalonians with the price of his own blood. They were not their own. 1 Corinthians 6.20 We are not our own. Jesus was the personal Lord and Savior of the Thessalonians. For he saved them from their sins and given them hope to be delivered from the wrath to come. He told them that already in 1 Thessalonians 1.10 He is their Lord, Kurios. Master. The one who gives the order. The one who calls the shot. The problem today in the church is we've got too many smorgasbord Christians. They spend most of the time in the moose and the jelly. And they think that they can choose and pick the things they want to obey. No, no, no. You've got to eat the veggies. You've got to drink your milk. You've got to learn how to eat. All of us. Now the name Jesus in the Greek is a translation from the Hebrew name Joshua. And as you know, the name Joshua is a contraction of Jehovah Shua, which means Jehovah's salvation. Therefore, Jesus means Jehovah is salvation by virtue of the fact that he, being God, became man. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and God was the Word. And the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 1, 1, 14. Paul puts it this way in Philippians 2, 5, on down. He says that being in the form of God, meaning that He was God before He came, He was God when He was here, and He got when He left. He emptied Himself, not of His deity, but of His glory. And He took on Himself the form of a servant, after emptying Himself. And He was obedient even to the death of the cross, and for this reason... God has exalted him and given him a name above every other name. The name of Jesus. Every knee bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Peter puts it this way, Acts 4.12. There is no other name given under heaven and earth whereby we must be saved. No other name. No other authority. Pretty limited. Thank God for that limitation. Thank God for that narrow door. There is a door. One door. You won't be forced through it. But it will be offered to you. Only in that authority can we come to the Father. The title Christ, as you know, is Messiah, the Anointed. He was the Messiah of God. The one who was prophesied of and fulfilled all the prophecies of the Old Testament. So much to the extent that he fulfilled over 300 prophecies. You see, Jesus, the Lord, was the one who had all the authority by virtue of his ability to defeat death and to impart life. This is the one speaking. This is the one commanding. See, if we don't understand that, then pretty soon when, when man says something, I say something, you come into council with me, or or I teach you something. The pope, you, well, I don't he shouldn't be talking about that. Listen. Don't get mad at the messenger. This is the word of God. We need to make sure that it comes lovingly, clearly, but authoritative. You understand? Because this is God's Word. Luther refused to recant. Before the Catholic authorities. He says, I stand here, I can do no other. My conscience is held captive and bound by the scriptures. And my Lord Jesus Christ. He understood the greater authority. Today, even men bend at the pressures and the authorities of the world instead of Christ. Christ. This is really what's at risk when we are pressured in our morality, in our ethics, or whatever isn't the job marker in the world. Because then we say, well, whose authority are we going to believe? Who are we going to obey? Are we going to bend to the world, or are we going to obey to that of Christ? It's the same choice today. All authority vested on the believer today is delegated authority as a representative of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are ambassadors of Christ. It's not our authority. We represent the person of Christ. Each of us are to do it to His glory. Each of us are to do it in His love. You see, the only authority that is supreme in a person's life is the Lord Jesus' authority, right? I already gave you Second uh, Philippians two six through eleven, where God has given Him a name above every other name. In the name of Jesus. Every knee bow, confesses Jesus Christ as Lord. It's to Him we bow. It's to Him that we say Amen in the Scriptures. I will listen to you. I will hear you out. If it's scriptural, I'm confrontable. But if it's not scriptural, then you have to go take a walk. (laughs) Because the scriptures are the boundaries. And we need to think, we need to know what we're talking about. We need to get all the information before we go. We have to have our act together. Because you know what? Crow don't taste that good. This is the authority of the church. For church discipline. It's the authority of Christ. Not our own. Now notice secondly. The remainder of verse 6. The authorized action for church discipline. Now this is a very specific case that's going on in Thessalonica. Okay. So it serves a good example. First. In order to exercise loving discipline towards the disorderly. Listen to him. That you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly. The believer was to withdraw from believers who were walking contrary to the Christian norm. The reference is to idleness, not working and being busy bodies. Verse 11 tells you out of chapter 3. And so sometimes you have church mouses. They just like to hang out. If you're going to hang out, do something for the Lord. The word withdraw means to abstain from or avoid. And is used of shortening a sale. In other words, you pull back. The middle voice reveals that they're, it's for their own benefit so as not to give an impression to the sinner as well as any other believer that they were condoning this conduct. So the Greek tense indicates that they're to do this for the benefit of the believer and the reputation of the church. People, oh, I don't want to judge. You better judge. Oh, I don't want to... We're to examine... We're to hold each other accountable. Now I don't mean that everybody is running around sticking their nose. Don't be nosy. We're talking about something that is very obvious. Something that's unscriptural. Then there needs to be a confrontation. The withdrawal is for discipline with the purpose of restoration. Not merely castigation. Okay. Notice the believer is not to hesitate to make an exception. He says every brother. That includes you. That includes me. No one's above it. The word disorderly means irregular or insubordinate. Out of order. Literally, to play truant. Now, when I went to school, they used to have truant officers. And when we ditch, we always look out for them. I don't think they have have truant officers today. I don't think they do. They have shrinks. They have policemen. Metal detectors. But they don't have truant officers. The word was used in early accounts of Greek fathers who apprenticed their sons to a weaver for one year. This contract provided for details of food and clothing for the year. If the son failed to work any number of days and he was truant in those days, he would have to make them up before he would fulfill his contract. These individuals were truant in the contract they had made with God. The word is also a military term. Stepping out of rank, being disorderly. They weren't aligning themselves with their proper conduct. You may know people who say they're Christian, but they're not lined up with the scripture. Should you just turn your back and say, well, you know, it's none of my business. and I, 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 No, 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 it is your business. If you know, then you need to pray that God will give you wisdom and show you. But you already know what you have to do. You don't have to pray about doing it. What you have to pray is about when and how. Okay? And then you need to go in love and confront them. And say, listen, I hope I'm wrong. And if I am, please correct me. Da, da 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 See what they respond. Some people come to this church, you know, are living with their boyfriend girlfriend. You need to confront them. Say, no, no, no. You're a Christian. What's going on? Their disobedience is ongoing. They were mentioned already in the first letter in only Thessalonians 5.14. Paul was aware of it. They were referring to them again now here in verse 6 and 11. So these have continued. They haven't paid attention to the first letter. This is the second letter. This is really the principle of Matthew 18 that applies to all members of the church. By one, by two, by three, the elders of the church. It's just that simple. Real simple. Notice secondly here. In order to make people accountable, here it is, to Scripture. Our authority is vested authority. The true authority is Christ. And it's to make sure to make them accountable to the Scriptures. Not according to the traditions which He received from us. So the standard is the scripture, not our own opinions. It's not a power thing to pull with each other. It's accountability. The word for tradition means to hand down. The word is used for divine revelation of the gospel and the teaching the apostles had given to the Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Same word is used. The word includes the teaching of these two letters written for them. 2 Thessalonians two, fifteen, and 3, 4. Words and letter. You see, the tradition of human origin is religious, philosophical, and often contradicts the word of God. So the only thing that God has imparted to us is his word, which stands contrary to all of man's philosophies. Like the tradition of the elders in Matthew or Mark 7, 3. Jesus said, you have heard it's been said, that's tradition, the handed down tradition of the elder. But I say to you, there's a contrast. Like the philosophy and empty deceit, that's according to the basic principles of the world. And not according to Christ as Colossians 2.8 warns us not to be deceived. Philosophy, phileosophia, the love of wisdom. The tradition of the world, the ABCs. You see the accountability is based on privilege. The apostle says these individuals Listen Received Which means to associate or take unto oneself They had heard the gospel They had embraced the gospel They said Jesus is Lord They received it You and I as parents Are going to go out to the store And we tell our son Now when I come back I want these leaves all raked up He said okay dad He received the orders (laughs) I come back And he's playing in the pile of leaves He's all mine You understand? Accountability The reason for discipline is always the measure of light Or the knowledge that a person receives To hold a person responsible and accountable For something they are ignorant of Would be what? Unfair But to not hold a person accountable For what they know Would be derelict It's real simple. Just as the father would tell his children to avoid association with those who are undisciplined, unethical, and immoral. So as not to be identified as being of the same character. So Paul makes his appeal to his spiritual children. Which father doesn't want to give this counsel or gives it to his children? He wouldn't be a father, would he?
0: Xavier Reese and the importance of accountability and holding others accountable in the family of God. And you can find this program online to hear any portion you may have missed. Just browse for today's date in the radio listings link at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. But there's still much more to this lesson coming on our next broadcast as well. And if you won't be able to tune in, though, you can always pick up a CD copy of this message and the title to ask for is The Importance of Church Discipline. It's available, as always, for only $4. Once again, you'll be asking for the title, The Importance of Church Discipline. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800 926 1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address, once again, is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Proverbs 27.5 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. We'll put that simple truth to the test next time with more on the importance of church discipline. I hope you'll be back then with our teacher, Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California